are listening to Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast about the most emotional TV drama of all time, WWE. Each week, we talk Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views from the perspective of two people who watch wrestling just like your weird uncle reads Playboy for the stories. I'm Abigail. I'm here with my co-host, Jillian, and we are so glad you joined us. I am undone <laughs> by that intro. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Uh, are we weird uncles? <laughs> you just called us weird uncles. We're weird aunts. I mean. <sighs> it's good. It's good. Okay. I'm acclimated. I mean, we are like definitely the aunts that tell your kids about fan fiction and introduce yes. them to Tumblr and like Absolutely. buy them their first spicy romance. Yeah, we're those ants. I wouldn't tell them about any like tags they can follow. I'll just be like, there's no. this thing that exists that you could go find. You just, you introduce them to the weird and then you let them find their way. It's the gateway drug. It's, that's the goal. So this was obviously, um, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time <laughs> or even a week, you will know that this was a big week in wrestling for us. It was very big. Every week gets bigger and I'm, I don't know how I will contain my feelings ever again. And I'm scared that every wrestling after all of this is resolved, I'll just be like, this is nothing. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to think that we may have peaked this early. You know, we might just but... have to end the podcast after this. I don't know. <laughs> well, at least we're going to make it through WrestleMania season this year. So yes. that's something. Absolutely. And it's exciting because it'll be our first WrestleMania as a podcast. I know. I'm so excited. So in the spirit of that excitement, are you ready to smack it down? I am ready. So, uh, you know, SmackDown gets off to a really boring start without anything that we're interested in at all, <laughs> in which Cody Rhodes, who we totally don't like or find inspirational, comes out in one of his really dull boilerplate outfits and calls out two other dudes that we're not invested in in the slightest, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I really wanted to just get through this part. I was just like, ugh, enough. JK, I was freaking out. <laughs> it was... It was a very, very exciting time. Uh, tell me about some of the feelings that you felt while all this was happening. So I was, I mean, I didn't expect much because, you know, you could tell by KO's face. He was just like, I don't really want to be in the ring, eh? But mm -hmm. I think, like, I was very hopeful, of course. Like, I think it's funny that Cody is now playing, like, mediator. He's, like, relationship yes. counselor. Um. Kevin's shoes kept distracting me though because they have like this green on the bottom but it looked like they were like shoes he wore to mow the lawn you know like your shoes will get stained yes. from mowing the lawn that's like all I could focus on but um I I really like I was shocked by the end of what Kevin said like when he was not shocked but you know when he was just like basically like I just want my friend back yeah. Like all of this has just been like, I want my friend. I don't want to be used to be a, you know, a struct, uh, what am I trying to say? A destructive force. Mm -hmm. I just want my friend back. It speaks volumes too, right? Because he's been very overt about how much the bloodline has to go down. Mm -hmm. But like yes. he wants his friendship more. And I think that is really beautiful. 
I know. And Sammy said we always found a way to come back. Yeah. That's true. Also, he said, if we can come together, we can do something magical. And it's true. It's It's really true. (sighs) (laughs) This this whole thing was just like, it was so exciting for me. Um, My over-identification with Cody Rhodes continued when he was talking about quitting a job with a false sense of bravado. Because, as you know, I recently did that. (laughs) Not super recently, but uh, in the near past. And I was like, yeah, Cody. I know what it's like, and you know what it's like. <laughs> so now I feel, twins. I feel like I've formed an unhealthy attachment to Cody Rhodes. I also, I really like that Kevin seemed moderately embarrassed when Cody was talking about how much he respects and loves him. I know. It was so sweet. I feel like Kevin was like, stop it. I didn't do any of that. Shut up. Don't tell people I'm nice. I'm not supposed to be nice. Wait, wait, like Cody was basically just like, uh, guys, I'm cutting all kayfabe at the moment. Like so much for characters. <laughs> Kevin, you're like the nicest dude ever. It's like, Cody, they don't chant hug Owen's hug or help Owen's help. It's kill Owen's kill. Okay. <laughs> but it's definitely hug Owen's hug. It is. He's a sweetheart. Speaking of which, escape it. He's soft inside, right? Like he has a crusty exterior, but he's soft inside. Absolutely. I also really like the crowd chanting, hug it out. I know. They were like really into that the entire night. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They knew. They knew what they came for. And what they came for was not professional wrestling. It was hugs. I think it was also interesting that Cody, like Cody's thing lately has been fan service, right? Like he's said, like, yes, we have to do what the fans want. So John Cena was the same way. It just seems like kind of a new thing to me anyway. And Cody was like, hey, guys, (laughs) you know, uh, our jobs are actually to make the fans happy. So, like, cut your shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get back together. To be fair, though, when they are torturing me with angst, I'm, like, equally happy. That's true. Like, I genuinely had fears that this would not have a happy ending. I have worried about that for a long time. Um, And I I mean, I do enjoy the catharsis of feeling someone else's pain that way, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, coming out of this initial segment, you know... K.O. does walk away again. Yes. With his pain. And Sammy chases him to the parking lot and says some of the most beautiful things. (laughs) I know. It was so heartfelt. Like, they'll always be friends and brothers. He loves him. I mean, I was like, K.O., how can you not forgive him? Forgive him. I know. And he, like, kind of paused, like, before he got back in his car and he kind of turned back to Sammy and then was like, just kind of, like, got back in his car. I was like, it's going to happen someday. I know it. What did you think of the car that he was getting into? I liked how green it was. (laughs) I was like, this doesn't seem like a KO car. I don't know. I always wonder, like, whose job it is. To go somewhere in town and get a flashy rental car. Yeah. 
I I feel like the like staff who has to do stuff like that for WWE just like end up doing the craziest shit and have to run all yes. over the place all the time. That's like 100% my dream job is like going to pick up the flashy rental car for some wrestler to storm off in an emotional fit. <laughs> You'd be a hell of a PA. It's my next career step. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just like Dean Winchester, I would be a hell of a PA. That's right. So yeah, I think this was a really big moment because I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it that I want there, but I I feel like, you know, Sammy has been trying just to make it about the mission so he won't get rejected on the friendship front and then all this time. Yeah. He's I mean, he finally I think he says it later. I think he says it mm. later or he's yeah, I think he kind of says later like he finally sort of admits that he realizes that he's been like a dumbass in all of this like he never really apologized he never really took responsibility for any of his role in this whole situation so like him running out there and being like i get it i suck i don't care about any of that i just want you back it was beautiful it was uh it was a roller coaster and i did want that immediate gratification but then part of me was also like draw it out Give me the slow burn. I know. I know. I have more complicated feelings later because of all this. So, you know, punctuating all of the stuff that's going on, we're going to skip ahead a little. And I I want to emphasize something that we've talked about before. We're only going to talk about the things we're really excited about. So yes. you're not ever going to get like a, a straightforward recap with us like, if we weren't on the edge of our seats or frothing with rage, we're probably going to skip it. <laughs> I think that's a fair. I mean, we're trying to also, you know, be mindful of time. So it's like we yes. could probably talk for four hours about all this stuff if we really wanted to. But trying to rein ourselves in a little. And, you know, cheap plug. If there's ever anything that you wish we talked about, but we didn't, you can always tweet us at WIF Girls Pod. Mm. And, uh,. Let us know, and we will be happy to talk about it and or refuse to talk about it because we hate it, but we'll probably talk about it. (laughs) One way or another. So in between all of this, uh, Charlotte Flair comes out. She's got some stuff to say, and she's dressed like beige Tron. I had two thoughts. I was like, she's auditioning for Tron or The Running Man 2. Did you ever see The Running Man I've, I know about The Running Man, but I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It's an insane movie, and I loved it. But definitely the outfits for it. I mean, I was raised Amish. You know that. If you need to know about butter churning, I'm your girl. That's true. I was not raised Amish. Don't listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> she did look... I couldn't tell, like... Okay, so the like the the taupe parts, they were kind of taupey, yes. I guess. I couldn't tell if that was like mesh and then like her like mm. like taupe mesh and her skin was to it or if it was like actual taupe stripes. I couldn't tell what was happening there. I think it was solid fabric because it was okay. a very sad color. <laughs> okay. It was very tan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't know if it was like maybe like a combination of her skin plus like a different fabric color that made it that way. But... I I don't know. I I'm guessing it probably was a solid situation. 
It's true that it could be that weird color that pantyhose make your skin. Mm, like that kind of greenish, brownish, yeah. tannish, beige mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm khaki now. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, you know, Charlotte's look aside, and before we go on, I feel like Charlotte's looks have been uniformly either really great or really terrible ever since she's been back. She's definitely taken some, I guess, sartorial risks. Mm-hmm. I think I've really, I think, I don't think I've hated anything that she's had, but some, I mean, this outfit might have been my least favorite. So, I, didn't like I don't know. The blue thing she had, I think, the week before. She's been doing a lot of like clingy jumpsuit type looks mm. in like monochromatic color schemes, and I don't love that for her. Okay. But. I'm interested to see what she brings out for WrestleMania. I assume it will be the robe to end all robes. It's going to be live birds that just have to stay on her the entire time. (laughs) They're sewn into the robe, so when they take off, it just pulls it off her. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. I'd feel really bad for the birds, though. Yeah, we don't don't endorse animal cruelty on this podcast. (laughs) So what do you think about the... uh, promo that comes from charlotte and then you know Rhea comes out and she talks a little bit what do you think about all this i think i think the promoing that they're doing is interesting like i feel like the storyline isn't too far-fetched for me mm. um i think i find Rhea's story a little more interesting i mean it might be because i like Rhea more yeah but um i think she does another promo on Raw she does another promo yeah and so that one I'm gonna get my promos confused I know I am um but I once again I feel like I I get tired of them just like standing and talking to each other all the time Mm -hmm. it's like we see um like Asuka and Bianca like they actually run into each other frequently and have been in matches together and against mm-hmm. each other and like we're still not seeing that with Rhea and Charlotte and it's very frustrating I was happy that they scrapped a little bit yes. on Friday and I liked that it looked much more like a real fight than a, yes. a scripted like I was very excited like this is what I came for yeah I had I wrote finally in all caps yes fighting like I was really excited about this because I was like yes this is what I want to see I want to see that they give a shit about this stuff And I feel like I have no doubt that they're going to put on an incredible match and tear it down. So it's not like that's going to be the surprise that it's brutal and vicious and intense. Like, I know that's coming. You don't have to, like, save it for me. Right. So. Um, Can I interject with something that's not related but happened, like, in between this segment, sort of? Yes. There was a commercial. So like Charlotte came out and then there was a commercial mm-hmm. and it was a WWE shop commercial. And I have to object about something Ooh. because you can buy a fucking Captain Howdy mask, <laughs> but you can't buy the tarot cards. It's bullshit. I agree. It's total bullshit. A Captain Howdy mask. I mean, that's fine in its own. Like, that's great. Whatever. Get a Captain Howdy mask. But like the tarot cards are just like a totally sweet idea. Mm hmm. 
that would really get, I think, a lot of fans. We need a petition. We need to start a petition. <laughs> Isn't every letter you write to dad <laughs> basically a petition? But this would have the benefit of including the perspectives of other people who don't oh. annoy him every week with a letter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dear dad, would you mind if we started petitioning you? I mean, would you rather receive a petition, which is basically just a link to something online, or 16 tear-stained pages of my handwriting? Well, I mean, the petition, I wonder if maybe then he would just start getting annoying, like, marketing emails, whereas the 16 pages, you know, you could just, like, theoretically, he could just crumple them up and throw them away without That's reading true. them. That's <laughs> true. I do like the idea, though, that he starts getting all these emails that's like, Triple H, we need your help to defeat Nancy Pelosi. If you send us $12 by midnight. <laughs> I love the idea of $12. Well, I feel like, I mean, to be fair, you know, the, the campaign fundraising emails I get are never about defeating Nancy Pelosi. They're always about, like, you know, finally putting Donald Trump in jail or whatever. But it's always some weird amount of money. Like, can you send $8 to help send Katie Porter to Washington? I know. They want it to be manageable, which I get. I suppose, yeah. People are more likely to, to give you the 8 bucks, And I would 100% send 8 bucks to get my tarot cards. Absolutely. Even if I had to pay for the tarot cards on top of it, I'd donate that 8 bucks to get the wheels turning. One thing I, I wanted to mention about this was, at one point, Rhea says... To Charlotte, uh, you're going to learn to call me champion. Yeah. I wish she had just said, you're going to learn to call me mommy. <laughs> I mean, that fits with her vibe, right? It absolutely does. And I support that on so many levels. So 100% support it. Missed opportunity, Rhea. Missed opportunity. But all in all, I was I was happy to see this take a turn towards action. It was good. Yes, finally. Agreed. So, you know, right after this, then I, we already touched on this a little, but we come back to Sammy. Yes. And uh, Sammy is not about action right now. Sammy is all about feelings. And we know that he is going into this situation with Jay at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Did you imagine that they would be having a match or a feelings fest at the end of the night? I thought they were going to be fighting. Me too. Um, But... I, I like that they had a feelings fest, of course. Yeah, not a disappointment for me at all. I'm like, oh, are, are we going to spend more time talking about feeling? That's okay. I know. I just find it, their inner, I mean, we, we'll talk about it later, but their interactions are just fascinating. I agree. But, you know, you really did call it, like, I think this is where Sammy, like, really takes responsibility. And I, I think we're going to see a new Sammy going forward. I'm really excited about it. I'm also a little nervous, which I will talk about later. Ooh, I want to hear about your nerves. I can't wait. <laughs> so later in the evening, we have another situation where old friends have become bitter rivals. Mm -hmm. When Seamus takes on Drew McIntyre for a shot at Gunther's Intercontinental Championship. Did you think it was weird that like where Imperium was standing to watch the match? <laughs> Um, full disclosure, I find almost everything Imperium does to be, like, a little weird. 
Well, once again, no coat, so I couldn't check out the coat theory. But, like, they stood kind of, like, a little bit outside the ring, kind of kitty Mm -hmm. corner to the announce desk. It was very strange the way they were standing there. Um... I mean, okay, so now there's going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania, right? Like, that's... Yes. I feel like that's going to be fun. Um, I think definitely. I don't think it'll be fun for Gunther, but I think it's going to be fun for me. Yeah. I, I'm i still... I feel bad that these two are still at odds with each other. I know, but I... You know, I think the only way for them to heal is for them to fight it out for this thing that they both really want. Yeah. I think so. I think, uh, I almost said Edge. I think Drew had some freshly dyed hair. Yes. Think, yes, I you think, think you're right. he uses, like, just for men for his beard? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like the little brush that you see in the commercials or the comb? Do you think he, he's got to have gray beard by now. I don't think I've seen any gray in his beard. You know, I don't, it seems likely that he's using some sort of dye just because, you know, he is of an age where the grays start coming in mm-hmm. and I, I really want to encourage him to embrace his silver fox. Like Roman Reigns has a little gray in his beard and I've never once looked at that and been like, oh, so daddy, how disappointing. Mm. <laughs> it's a good look. It's yeah, a good I look. Mean, it's, it's like an inevitable thing i don't know i say embrace it embrace it dear dad i also i get mad (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say dear dad can we please have like a self-esteem session where everybody feels safe to be themselves i think that that could be like a really nice thing yeah i think there's got to be some man equivalent of the whole maiden mother crone life cycle thing Mm. I don't know what that would be, but. I don't either. I probably don't want to spend the brain power thinking about it either. I don't know, like Eagle Scout, frat bro, dirty old man. (laughs) I feel like there's something like like that. If I feel like if they came up with it, it'd be like way more phases, right? It'd be like. Cub Scout. Boy Scout, Eagle Scout, high school graduate, <laughs> community college attendee, university attendee, internship, <laughs> and so on and so forth. It's going to take way more, way more than a weekend retreat to process all of that. That's too much. You've got to get it down to three. <laughs> I'm just saying that's how it would come out. It also super bothers me when they show, and this is about Just For Men, not about wrestling, bothers me when they show the ads for Just For Men and it's the like one day brush on stuff. It's like, there's a name for that. That's mascara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about that and I'm like, why, why does that exist? But like, is there an equivalent for people with long hair, like to have that on top of their head? Like, is there like a one day There's root spray. Oh, there's root spray. Okay. And I think there is like a powder you can do, but that's usually for fun, colorful highlights, not for yeah root cover. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, I don't really think a lot of people are getting a lot of shit because they have graying hair or beards. As, you know, people with male-presenting features. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I I think it's surmountable. There was uh, there was one other thing I really enjoyed during this match, which was when Gunther took to menacing Wade Barrett. Yeah. Everyone yeah. fears Gunther. He's crabby. He he's mean. Yeah. No, he doesn't have time. Yeah, he's just like, get the fuck out of here with your questions, Wade Barrett. But then I, I feel like he's been so grumpy, but like, it's his fault they're having a three-way now. Yeah. That's true. If he it's... hadn't interfered in that match, if, yeah. if he had just let them... <laughs> Is this also... Did this also happen, or did I... Like, was this from a different one? Where, like, nobody wins, and then Imperium came in and just, like, beat everybody up in the ring? Like, that just seems stupid to me. Why? What was the point of that? Just, like, well, just for fun. You know, I think... Uh... I think sometimes Gunther doesn't have good impulse control. I'm just being honest. I think that's fair. It doesn't seem very like in the spirit of the sport to me. Which is what especially they're Especially for someone who's like the s- Yes, exactly, like the sacred sport. Yeah. I don't think so, he walks the walk. Maybe we need to uh tell dad to have a little convo with Gunther like, "Hey buddy, <laughs> get your shit together." <laughs> Dear Dad, do you agree that wrestling is about the purity of competition and the heart of a contender? If so, need to have a sit down. Mm-hmm. So now we know, you know, the three of them are going to WrestleMania. I don't know about you, but this has felt like a done deal to me for a very long time. I'm a little slower on the draw. Like, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty pleased. I mean, I think that... I don't know. I, I think this is going to be... I think it'll be interesting. And it, we get to see the Drew mm. uh, Sheamus drama go out, draw out a little bit longer. Maybe they'll be the next story of friendships reunited. I don't know. Something has to rise to take the place of what's happening now. So that's a very good possibility. I'm going to need a new emotional investment soon, people. (laughs) So speaking of emotional investment, are you ready to talk about the moment of the night? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am. So... Jay Uso and Sami Zayn have one of the most complicated relationships in the entire bloodline saga. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's fair. And, uh, you know, Sammy is going to take his consequences. He's going to talk to Jay. And Jay pretty much, much comes out and admits he's here to murder Sammy. Yeah, like his speech kind of actually surprised me because I was just like, I guess I didn't, I didn't see the bloodline from the very beginning. So some of that information was new. But when he was just like, everybody liked you and I thought you were shit. I was like, wait, I thought that was Jimmy. Like, (laughs) very confused. Like, wasn't it Jimmy that didn't like him or have I just completely got like 
total short-term memory. You confuse the twins, which is easy to do. They're twins. Okay. They're basically so, just one person. So Jimmy was always on board, and it was Jay that didn't like him? Yeah, Jay has Jay has been the one who did not okay. did not trust Sammy. Oh yeah, okay. I guess you know what it was? It was because Jay had become such a strong supporter of Sammy yes. that I was like, Well, it's always been this way. I got nineteen eighty four. Jay sold you on the intensity of his feelings, which is totally legitimate because Jay has the most intense feelings of anyone I have ever seen in my whole life. He really does. And he's pissed. I really loved that he was basically like, Sammy, I didn't want to trust anyone who wasn't my family. You made me feel loved and I let you in. I let you do that. And then you let me down. Mm-hmm. I don't think men have ever talked so much about love for each other as they did this week in wrestling, and I am here for it. It's like one of the most unlikely places for it to happen, too, right? Like, yes. when did this decide to become, like, the status quo in wrestling? I absolutely fucking love it. I'm so happy about it, but it's just kind of shocking to me. I feel like it's always been okay to talk about how much like you care about or love somebody if it's outside the story like somebody retires somebody gets hurt somebody mm -hmm. gets sick it's okay to like express your feelings and hug them and like cry and i've always really liked that about wrestling but i i feel like this sort of sincerity and openness about vulnerability is a little is new it's I, new to me it's definitely new to me for and sure and i dig it I yeah. I do too. I feel like, you know, Jay's like railing against Sammy and all this and being mad at him. And, you know, he's, well, we really know he's just mad at Roman Reigns, right? Like all of his anger is really for mm -hmm. Roman Reigns. And he's mad at Sammy because Sammy has upset the apple cart. And yes, you know, like you said, I think last week or maybe the week before, right? Jay has had time to actually think for himself for a moment. And has these intrusive thoughts about Roman being garbage. I feel like, you know, we talk so much about how you're supposed to learn to put aside your intrusive thoughts, but maybe Jay really needs to let his in. I think he does. I think they're intrusive to him, but they're the good thoughts. They're like the right thoughts mm -hmm. that he's not letting. He's not letting in. And Sammy points out, he's like, man, you're in this like, horribly abusive relationship, which is absolutely true. Roman Reigns yeah. is a lunatic. And he calls him out like, you're just mad that I hit Roman first. So. And that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like in this segment, you really see how like Jay has to be mad at Sammy and he can't admit that there is a choice. Right. Because the minute he does, then it's like, yeah, you're mad at yourself and you're mad at Roman Reigns and everything you've been doing is bullshit, my dude. Yep. It's sad. It's really sad. And this I thought this was another another excellent example of just how good Jay Uso is at conveying a lot of complicated emotions with his body language and his face. Like, so good. He is so good at it. 
Like he's really, really mm-hmm. good at it. I need the I need Jay Uso to start being in WWE movies. Oh my god! Like, what is your? Do you have like a dream scenario for a Jay Uso led WWE original? I don't. I it would have to. It'd be something ridiculous, right? Like maybe he's um, some kind of mountain climber and gets stranded Ooh. on a mountaintop and has to eat somebody to survive a la the film Alive from the 90s. I love that. I think I immediately started imagining he's like a small town sheriff with a dark past and an agent of that dark past comes to his idyllic small town and he has to reach back to the violent man he once was to defend everything that he now stands for. Wow. I worry about what his hair might look like in that movie. Oh, it would be terrible. It would be truly terrible. Although, you know, when Dean Ambrose did uh, 12 Rounds 3, his he looked amazing. So maybe it'll, it'll work out. I don't know. But I predict bad hair for that movie. Yeah. He's got kind of like that little like Caesar in the front party yeah. in the back situation happening right now. It looks good. It works for him because he's ridiculously good looking. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can get away with a lot. You can. Absolutely. So things go, I think, as we imagined they were going to go. Jay doesn't want to talk anymore. Jimmy arrives and they are going to put Sammy out of his misery. And then... And then the moment we all been waiting for, K.O. comes out to help. I don't know about you, but I yelled. So um, after so after K.O. comes out to help and then he screams Jay out of the ring. <laughs> okay, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was so funny. When, oh my gosh, when he and Sammy hugged, when he like grabbed him aggressively and hugged him. I legitimately got chills. I got. Ch- I don't ever get chills watching wrestling. I got chills watching this. It was so good. I love that he. It was like he was still fighting with himself as he stomped across the ring. Yes. To just pull Sammy into the best hug ever. Like, oh my gosh, the friendship is healed. The bond is back. Do you think they said anything to each other? I mean, I feel like in real life they probably hang out all the time, so probably not. Yeah. Or like, you know, one of them said something totally inappropriate to try to make the other one laugh. <laughs> I've kind of been amazed in all this how well, like, Jimmy and Jay have been doing not laughing because, <laughs> like, when Sammy was, you know, in the bloodline still and, like, you know, promoing and they would just be cracking up watching him, but they've really managed to, like, keep it together. They are both so weak when it comes to laughing, and I have nothing but sympathy for them at all. I agree. And then we also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. You go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I kind of don't remember all of my reactions from this because I went into this, like, cocoon of, like, joy and, like, like euphoria kind of Mm. took over. And I was just like so excited, but then I was immediately scared because I was like, I need this to last forever. It's not going to last forever. You know, like, 
I can't ever just enjoy something. No, I, I do that too. I start thinking about the end as soon as the good part gets here. Hundred <laughs> yes. percent. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like either of them has one foot out the door. I have one foot out the door. <laughs> I am the dad who goes out for smokes and never comes back. I'm holding each of their foots out the door <laughs> in <laughs> anticipation of what might happen. A gentle shove that you don't want to give. Exactly. Like, I'm just going to trip and fall into them and shove someone out the door. I don't want it to happen. Well, we know we've got at least a couple more weeks. At least. Yep, 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 yep. It's going to be great. It's going to keep going. It's going to be wonderful. I would not put it past the, like, WWE to, like, rip this away from us just as quickly as we got it. Mm. Just... They like to tear things away. And I know I've, I keep citing this. I keep citing this all the time. But I will go back to when <laughs> Jeff Hardy won the fucking championship at a pay-per-view. And then the next <laughs> night, because it used to be on Sundays, the next night on Raw, he lost it. So, like, I can never trust anything yeah. about wrestling ever again. No, I think that's fair. I think it's important to remember that dad doesn't care about our feelings. <laughs> At all. It really doesn't. Your letters aren't doing anything. Or, What's happening? No, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a very persuasive writer. I mean, every week I pour my heart out and he's like, <laughs> here's the horrifying alternative to him not caring about our feelings. He actively cares about hurting our feelings because he is tired of these letters. <laughs> I think I would prefer that, honestly. At least then we're getting acknowledged in some way. <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> It's all any of us want is to be acknowledged. Triple H, I am in your mailbox. Acknowledge me. I feel like maybe he's just like, I'm going to make them, maybe after WrestleMania, I'm going to make them lose interest. I'm going to drive them away. Austin Theory will hold all of the titles, including the women's <laughs> titles. I feel like there's gonna bring a fine back line. Bob Holly. There's a fine line he's got to walk, right? Because if he pisses mm -hmm. us off too much, then we're invested in being super pissed off. So it's like we just need to be bored, right? I mean, we do love a petty hate watch like no one else. That's true. So you know, make your choices carefully, Dad, because this is a pivotal time in the quantity and quality of letters that you receive in the coming weeks. <laughs> You've got five ready to go out tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know, I write one every day. I think I think eventually you should compile all your letters into like kind of like a memoir or something, you know, like those books where it's just like oh. a bunch of letters between people. Mm-hmm. But it'll just be your letters to him. <laughs> no replies. Like, I'm going to call it, are you there, dad? It's me, <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> and like people will buy it's it. It's pretty unique. Without reading the jacket. And they'll think it's like kind of like a self-help book of like a woman's struggle mm -hmm. to like make peace with uh, an absent father. And like, it is about that. That is what it's about. <laughs> it is about that. But it's also like about wrestling and be like what kind of fucking bait and switch is this the wrestling 
is a metaphor. <laughs> and if you want to know for what, you have to buy the book. I think that's a good hook. So when this ends, you know, obviously we have the big reunion. Everything is very emotional. And then we see Cody backstage. And Cody is so happy. He's watching on the monitor. He's no, done it. He's it brought so them together. Weird. He was like Clarence or something and It's a Wonderful Life, just like watching on from afar. Yes! Like, well, my job is done here. I'm going to get my wings now. It absolutely felt like every holiday and or other inspirational story with some sort of supernatural element where you pan out and like... The omnipotent power looks on and is like, I did good today. I watched one of those this past holiday season with Chad Michael Murray. (laughs) Was he the omnipotent power? He was an angel and he (laughs) like helped. He like kind of was falling in love with this person. Then he's like, I can't do that. And then he helped her get back together with her ex. And of course, at the end, you like see him looking on fondly. So it was like City of Angels without anyone dying on a bicycle from being hit by a tractor trailer. (laughs) And without any Nicolas Cage whatsoever. Spoilers, if you have not seen 1997's City of Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Which you shouldn't. (laughs) It'll just enrage you. So was there anything else about this incredible, beautiful, heart-rending smackdown that you would like to cover before we move on? I just feel like it's still really sinking in. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to have some kind of, like, crazy delayed reaction in, like, three weeks. But so I'm, I'm good for now. <laughs> so I did propose to my husband that it would probably be for the best for me to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And just... Yeah devote myself to feeling my feelings right through the first of april i think that's a really good idea you could also do some like really good um, investigative journalism as you're known for like Mm -hmm. really get in there do some interviews with some wrestlers i'm sure they'd talk to you yeah yeah i think if i put it in the letter that dad doesn't read i mean definitely absolutely get him on the show so in other news i'm not quitting my job or I will have to get a divorce and I, I can't afford both. So that's probably for the best. On that note, would you like to get raw with me and our listeners? Sure. Always <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I know you hate it. I know you hate it. But do you know why I'm going to keep doing it? Because I hate it. Well, that's part of it. And it's a big part of it. But also, you deserve it because of hot dog legs. Oh, you know, we haven't seen hot dog legs in a long time, and I'm kind of missing him. I'm missing him, too. I really am. I, I, I hope he comes back. You know. Hot dog legs. Okay. <laughs> this beautiful, glistening legs. You know, we haven't seen Hero in a while, either. No, and I was just thinking, like, we haven't seen Randy in 100 years. Is he ever coming back? You know, I, I think he was injured, so I don't know what his deal is. Okay. It's been a really long time. But you know what Randy would want us to do right now? <laughs> get raw? Yeah, Randy would want us to get raw. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So, 
Raw kicks off with uh, two best friends coming out and being best friends. Uh, this is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. It was super cute, but the first thing I said was, because KO, like, Sammy is very much, like, he's more emotive, like, smiley-wise. Yes. And so, like, he's out and he's smiling, and KO's just kind of, like, straight-faced KO. And I was just like, is this an mm. uneasy piece? This is why I got nervous, because I'm like, is this not going to last? Is something bad going to happen? Is KO going to get too mad? Is Sammy going to say something stupid? Like, I just had so many fears. I mean, I feel like part of the issue here is that they represent a very popular trope, which is grumpy and sunshine. Yeah, that's true. KO is grumpy and Sammy is sunshine and, you know, they balance each other out. That's true. I'll kind of keep that in mind as I watch them. Yeah, don't don't assume the worst is coming. Bask in the delight for a while. I will. So uh, KO lets us know that he's been Sammy's biggest fan for 20 years. I mean, I feel like that's like the last thing I expected to come out of KO's mouth. It's so I know, sweet. so sweet. So sweet. I want, I want you to know that I've been your biggest fan for less than 20 years because I'm bad at math and don't have an exact figure. That's really nice. Hmm. I don't know if that's that... true. I have a lot of fans. Wow. <laughs> so, everyone, this is the last episode of Best Friends Are For Bitches. And uh, I don't know what to say. JK, JK, JK. Actually, anyway. I've been saying for years that you're the funniest person I know, so... There you go. That's a very nice save. That's a very nice save. Um, did you feel like they were explaining everything that happened a lot in this segment? I don't I don't know that I noticed because I feel like they kind of do that all the time. I don't know. I, I feel like whenever Sammy's talking, he does a lot of summarizing and exposition. So yes. I didn't I didn't notice like an excessive amount. I feel like I get mad. It's like when you're watching a movie based on a book and the characters are like, as you know, Tom's aunt Nancy owned a house on the hill and someone died there. And the ghost, it, they give you this whole story. It's like, if you didn't put in the time, if you didn't watch Smackdown this week of all weeks, you don't get a recap. Yeah. Sometimes I find the exposition a little strange, but I also get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. People dip in and out of wrestling. I mean, it's like soap operas, right? Absolutely. You can watch every week, but you can also go away for six months and then be like, oh, I can pick this up. Yeah, it's no big deal. I think, I mean, we've done that. There, I mean, there's still some like holes here and there that we're not sure about, but I think for the most part, we've gotten back on the train. That's true. I, think, I like to think so. We might not be the conductors, but we're definitely towards the front of the train. Yeah, we aren't the caboose. We aren't. So, you know, everything is great. K.O. and Sammy are very happy, but Jimmy and Jay are not happy. Did did Jay sound so jealous to you? He did sound so jealous to me. 
I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, I wrote down, Jay sounds jealous. And I put it in all caps with like 17 S's. <laughs> so I believe he called, uh, he called them backstabbers and Sammy was like, you're a backstabber. Okay. That makes sense. This is an ugly, messy situation. It is so messy. Very angry boyfriends all around. I really love it. Um, so w I think initially that we're getting exactly what we want, right? Like KO and Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Like it's finally here. Yes. It's coming. But then Jimmy makes a really good point. He's like, we are the greatest tag team all of all time. And you guys have been a tag team for three days. Yeah. And then Jay is like, pride. I got a lot of pride. Pride, pride, pride. We got to fight these guys. <laughs> it's like, um, Jimmy, you might not have noticed this, but I am almost completely consumed by my emotions <laughs> and none of them are positive. Oh, poor Jimmy. He's just always along for the ride. Bless him. I feel like Jimmy has the soul of a golden retriever, just friendly, kind, loyal. And Jay has the soul of a chainsaw, like built for destruction, incapable of warmth. <laughs> and that he feels really right. betrayed, you know? I mean, I, I, I get the Jay Uso character because he feels like every time he trusts, he gets his heart ripped out. Absolutely. And he's stuck in that terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he really is a, a good representation of what happens when someone completely messes with your head and then just keeps buying you food to make up for it. Yes. <laughs> keeps feeding you. So we know now going into WrestleMania, it's really like it's all going to be on the line for Roman, the Usos. I guess Solo will just be happy to be there, but it is all going down. <laughs> It's going to be the most stressful match ever. I just feel like I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, you know, we jumped ahead to, or I guess we're actually not jumping ahead. I got excited. Up next, we had a match with seemingly much lower stakes to me. Austin Theory takes on Montez Ford. Now, I know you are a really big Austin Theory fan. Yep. So I thought maybe you could talk us through this one and just, you know, try not to be too biased in favor of your hero. I'm on record. Um, I think what I really loved, so when he was coming out, I don't know if you saw that kid in the crowd who was just like really boredly like booing him and giving yes. him the thumbs down. So good. Like this kid can't even be bothered to be angry about Austin Theory. He's just like, boo, fuck you. You're the worst. Um, I... I, I'm tr I keep trying to like find something about Austin Theory that could like at least mildly redeem him for me or at least mm -hmm. make him tolerable. Every time I see his goddamn beard, though, it makes me it, like just like full of anger and like disgust. Like I hate it so much. <laughs> I... I felt the same way during this match. Um, this match was a good example of something that, or at least I think it was, something that in this household we call Orton Method. Okay. 
So Randy Orton has this way of coming out and kind of getting owned for like five or six minutes and then turning it all around for a really quick victory. I'm glad that you said that because this is something that I commented on when I was like making my notes about this. Like Montez, like the the whole fucking match, like he's like doing amazing shit. Yeah. He's totally on fire. He's great. Like he flew 15 feet into the air when he jumped off the top rope. Like, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he loses. And I'm just like, I'm not okay with this. And I don't even know. I mean, I've always loved Randy, so I probably never really noticed it with Randy, but like, this is bullshit and I'm mad about it. So it's very funny because this is bullshit is what I wrote in my notes as well, along with dad WTF. (laughs) Um, I think the difference is that the difference is what you said. I like Randy Orton, so I'm willing to let it slide. (laughs) I think that's what it is for me too. But But yeah, I I hated that Montez did all the work and then he lost cleanly. And he's a better wrestler. I think that's I think that's your point. Yeah. The point that you're making is really good, right? He didn't lose because of shenanigans. Which Mm -hmm. makes absolutely no sense in the grand scheme of things, because he was doing so much better. It's frustrating. And I feel like. It's more frustrating because it's scripted drama. So it's not like your favorite has an off night. It's like you guys are literally presenting Austin Theory as a no-talent ass clown that no one loves. You have gone so far in doing that that when he's coming in, you're panning to people just not reacting in the crowd. Multiple people. Yep. And then you have this guy that everyone loves... And he puts on, you know, as usual, an awesome match. And it's like, oh, well, anyway, A-Town Down, LOLJK. Like, are they trying to be like, is it trying to be one of those things where it's like, man, I really hate Austin Theory, but he like, he beat Montez Ford. He must be a really great wrestler. I guess I like him now. Like, that's just like the stupidest thing because that is not how it works. I feel like it's, I feel like it's credibility building. Right? Like, it's exactly what you're describing because it's like, well, you can't deny he had an amazing lead up to WrestleMania where he beat John Cena. Mm-hmm. Like, we're looking for that moment where if I have to sell Austin Theory to you, I'm going to have John Cena endorse him somewhere where John Cena has to grudgingly be like, you know, I was wrong. You've got it, kid. But I don't even know if that I mean, would work. I don't per our conversation last week, I don't think it will. It wouldn't work for me. It wouldn't matter what Austin Theory did. He could come running out of a burning building with like orphans on one arm and kittens on the other, and I would be like, That's great. I'm glad the cats are okay. I find it really interesting that like the WWE has this really like nuanced, complex storytelling relationship with the bloodline. And Sammy and KO and Jimmy and Jay. And then they just have this like ham fisted square peg in a round hole Austin theory that they can't seem to do anything with. It's like, I don't know. Like it's like two, it's like two completely different storytelling theories or something. It feels a lot like when they decide that you're going to like something, whether you like it or not. 
It's like if you, you know, your mom makes something for dinner that you hate and you won't eat it. So the next morning you get up for breakfast and she's heated it up and it's on the table again. Because you're going to eat your peas and you're going to yeah. learn to accept Austin Theory as a main yeah. event guy. I just, ugh. I don't know what could possibly get him over for me. I have no idea. I think he'd have to go away and come back as a completely different version of himself. I think so, too. A beardless version. Yes, a beardless version. Different wrestling pants. I don't like his shorts. <laughs> I don't know. Like his face? Like he's just got like this, like his, he's always got this like weird pouty grumpy face. I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's got to do some work. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but you know who's already doing the work? Who? The bloodline who are backstage in this next segment. That is so true. <laughs> so uh, our tribal chief is here. And as per usual, he is going to be a big butthole about everything. Were you so excited for half a second when it seemed like Jimmy was about to go off on Roman? Can I tell you that I metaphorically and emotionally shit my pants? <laughs> no, I was like, oh my God, is this happening? And he said it with such like bass in his voice, like such authority. Jimmy said it with his whole chest. And then he was like, anyway, so fuck Sammy Zayn, am I right? <laughs> I know. I was just like. You got so close. It's like he was teetering off the edge and then mm -hmm. managed to catch his balance and fall forward instead of backward. And it's a real bummer. It, um, and I think it's very, I think it's very telling that he got impassioned about it when he was talking about like, you know, Jay is really important to him. Mm -hmm. Jay specifically. Yes. Um, I typed holy poops in all caps and I meant it. <laughs> 100%. He loves his brother. He does. Um, so Roman is just being an absolute dick here. He's basically like, I don't think you can get it done. I don't think you have what it takes. And then he does this thing that is my personal nightmare. He dismisses everyone except Jay. <laughs> can we just take a moment to recognize the tiny little scooch that Jay... Jay does down the couch to get closer yes. to Roman. <laughs> the unwilling scooch. It's like so soft. I was just like, oh my God, this is hilarious. They went to commercial and I was like, what if Roman makes him sit there in silence with him the whole time? And then they came back and it appeared that that was exactly what you were to have believed happened. It was weird. It was very uncomfortable. And like, <sighs> of course, at the end, Roman's like, I love you. And like, oh, that was so uncomfortable. Like, it was basically, he was basically saying, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically like yelling at him for making decisions, telling him he's not part of the bloodline, basically. Uh, every time he tells them he loves them, my skin crawls. Yeah, it's totally like, 
weird and self-serving and like not at all genuine no and it's just like this gross it's a gross control tactic right it's like and i mean i i think it's fraying but it's still really powerful it's still got a really powerful hold on everybody whether they are starting to like itch a little at it or not i think like he very much has the the mannerisms of someone who's like why do you make me do this yes yes a hundred percent why do you make me so mad baby Mm-hmm. it's just like ugh, it's so toxic and gross so at the end of this jay is dismissed from the presence mm-hmm. and Heyman comes back and he asks roman if he found the answers he was looking for and i really love this because roman says yes and paul Heyman looked horrified I don't what do you think that was about I mean I think Paul Heyman is anticipating a really ugly bloodbath and I have to be honest this segment wrote a check that it did not cash for me later in the night because I thought it was coming later in the night it it was very ominous and then like so I don't know if they're like trying to hold on to that ominosity for I don't think that's a word but the ominosity for like another week just to draw it out or right if he's just it's another terrorizing tactic i don't know i think too one of the things that's getting me right now is it all feels really urgent to me as someone just taking it in Mm -hmm. but we have got another raw and two more smackdowns before we get to the end if it's even the end if it's even the end so it's very like the pacing is killing me but i mean that in a good way like it's excruciating but i'm into it i agree anything else about uh this extremely uncomfortable moment in bloodline history no it was just really weird and uncomfortable so moving ahead a little bit uh, we see Omas and MVP arrive, and then Omas takes on favorite of the show, Mustafa Ali, in a match that I believe was not a favorite of the show. I mean, as soon as he came out, I was like, great, this is we're, this is going to be a squash match, obviously. And I feel like, so Mustafa's obviously like in heel territory now, and like- yes. But Omas also feels like kind of heel territory. So I was kind of like, mm-hmm. I didn't know if we were supposed to squash the heel to like get the other heel over. Or it's just like, look how powerful he is. And it's like, I don't know. I don't think it's that powerful when a dude the size of Omas can squash a dude the size of Mustafa Ali. Like, that's not that like impressive to me. And I just feel bad for Ali because it's like... Now he's doing this other really dumb character and he's a really great wrestler and he's stuck like doing this shit. Apparently he was singing Hoobastank earlier. I don't like some really bad things are happening to Mustafa Ali right now. I didn't see it, but I was just like really interested. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it was the reason. I mean, it had to be the reason, right? 
I don't know any other Hoobastank songs, but I assume it's the reason. Same. One thing I thought was interesting about this, and I want to get your take on, was that we see Dolph Ziggler is watching backstage uh, dressed like if you were writing a high school AU, how your favorite male character would dress for prom. Yeah, he was very flashy. Yeah. What was he doing watching? Is he like... is he like trying to bring Mustafa back from like wherever he's gone? Is he? I don't know what's happening. I kind of hope he is because I would really like Mustafa to have anything in his life other than this current thing that he's experiencing. I know it's really uncomfortable. Like I think I was complaining about Dolph giving him sort of boomer pep talks, but you know what? I would rather watch that every week for the rest of my life. Yeah, I don't want to see him in this position where he's, like, jobbing to, like, randos just because they need randos to get over. I think, you know, earlier in the, I guess it was, was it on SmackDown? They had this video package of, um, was it? Yeah, they had a video package of, like, uh, I almost said Braun Strowman, of Brock Lesnar and Omas, right? Like, doing comparisons on their stats Mm -hmm. and, like... And I was like, is the point of this because nobody gives a fuck about this match? Like, is that why we're doing this? To try to generate interest? But it's like, I don't know. I, I, like you, we've, we've said many times, like, they're not using Omas right. They're not doing him any favors. I, I think this is a common trap that they fall into. It's like, why doesn't anyone care about our brand new giant with no backstory or character and limited <laughs> wrestling skills? I can't believe this is happening again. I know. It's like, didn't you learn from the other 25 giants that you try to do this with? Like, come on. And I mean, I feel like in a, a long history of disappointingly boring giants, I mean, he's somewhere below the great Kali it's just like they're not doing anything with him as like having a personality no he's just big and smashy and that's like all they ever do I mean I'm all for MVP taking on a Paul Heyman kind of spokesman role but this is not working for me so no I just feel like the storytelling that MVP is doing isn't enough like he's also not like you said there's he's not sharing the backstory there's there's nothing like there's nothing that we can learn about him other than like he's gigantic and super powerful and it's like okay <laughs> like you're just going to say that every week like look how big his hands are it's just like okay enough <laughs> so i don't know i you know, I, I want more for everybody involved i that's how i feel too although i have been wondering like are Omas's hands like? I mean, they must be bigger than Adam Driver's, right? They said it in that He's video like, package how big they were. I can't remember. I feel like Adam Driver is the gold standard for big hands, but I mean, Omas must have him beat. I would assume so. I'd like to see a comparison for science. Someone has probably done that comparison on the internet, like impose like one hand <laughs> over the other. I bet you could find yes. it if you just did a little bit of searching. I'm going to put my put my uh, intention to that after we record tonight and see what I can learn. Okay. 
So moving on from this unsavory thing onto another completely unsavory and I dare say less interesting thing. It's time for impulsive. I just hate Logan Paul. (laughs) I also hate Logan Paul. (laughs) Like when he's like standing in the ring and he's like, I don't have to be here. And I was like, yeah, I know you don't have to be here. We don't want you here. Go away. Like, okay, go. Like, what? Like, this isn't one of those things where you have a toddler in Kmart and you're like, we're leaving now. Bye. And you start to walk away from the toddler. So the toddler will run to catch up with you. That's not what this is. Go the fuck away, dude. I feel like it's been strange because when he was feuding with the Miz and like before this, I feel like they were trying to cast him as sort of a face. Yeah. And he was better at that. And it's like, how is it not easier for you to act like a jerk when you are a legitimate jerk? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like not interested in this beyond the fact that I hope Seth can like destroy him. I, I did think though that as much as I dislike Logan Paul, he did make one really good point this week. Oh. I just, he's right that the name Seth does not strike fear in anyone's heart. <laughs> Do you know any Seths? Uh, no, no, I don't. I knew one Seth in college and he was a super nice dude. So, oh, yeah, super nice guy. So you didn't fear him at all? No, uh, we were in an improv group together, so. We were like Aww, pretty. We were friends. See, that's, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think Logan Paul is onto something. Seth is a good guy name. It just is. I hope so. What What did you think about Seth's outfit this week? His look. Oh, his pajamas. I mean, they had to be pajamas, right? They looked so comfy, but then I also think whenever anything's like silky like that, I think like, what if you have dry elbows? And then it's just a nightmare because it's like always <laughs> snagging on your dry elbows. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell I you. Mean, Seth strikes me as. Sorry, he has. Yeah. He's like auctioning <laughs> off his clothing. Oh, I think I saw this. Yeah. You can buy Seth's outfits if you want. What would you do with it if you bought it? Like, what what would your plan for Seth's suit be? Find someone who could wear it? I don't know. I'm not... I certainly can't fit into any of that stuff. Be sad that I can't wear so, it? I, I thought about a couple things. One, like, have it altered in some way to fit me. Okay. Have, have it broken down into a new outfit made of the components. <laughs> That's a or good idea. Or put it on a mannequin and just like let it hang out in the house. That could also be fun. And like you could scare away potential burglars with your mannequin. A la it's Kevin. Sure, no one likes a mannequin. <laughs> the wet bandits will not breach this property. <laughs> they will not. So yeah, this uh I was only happy to see Seth when he, you know, pulled Logan Paul's leg out from under him and tipped him over. I thought that was very exciting. Yes. 
I was like, I was not excited. Oh, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. was no. I was just saying. I was hoping that like, and this is a really terrible thing. Like, I wanted him to be injured, not like a <laughs> not like a really bad injury, but an injury enough that he couldn't wrestle in WrestleMania. <laughs> Like a sprained ankle. Yeah, like just something that's like not going to ruin his life, obviously. Like, I can't stand the dude, but like, I don't want him to like die. But, you know, just like enough that like, oh, whoops, he can't wrestle at WrestleMania. So bad. So sad. Better stay home and ice it. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know how you feel about this, but I really hate his magical punch. So that he does. stupid. He's got a titanium enforced <laughs> hand. He's Wolverine. <laughs> they need to make him either wear a silver glove on that hand or a GTFO. Those are my feelings. He could, he could have Michael Jackson's sparkly glove on that hand. Oh, I like that. I, mm -hmm. I could learn to accept that. <laughs> it might make him interesting. <laughs> it would make him more interesting. <laughs> I think make him something different. When you said that about making him interesting, it made me think that my my real true nightmare is him and Austin Theory feuding for like three months. <laughs> oh, that would actually be kind of fun to watch because I'd be like, who am I going to choose? I have to take a side. <laughs> what if there is like a new feud after WrestleMania? For the United States title, and it's Austin Theory versus Logan Paul versus Dominic Mysterio. I would be all Dominic on that. Like, oh my gosh, all in, yeah, yeah. Like the tides are starting to turn in favor of Dominic, in you know sharp relief to people like Austin Theory and Logan Paul. Like Dominic's funny about it, right? Like his stuff's yes. kind of hilarious. Like he got kicked out of his family chat. Like, that's hilarious to me. That was my favorite. <laughs> Judgment Day chat is better anyway. I, know. I wonder what they talk about. <laughs> Max Gaines, bro. So. <laughs> just like they're sharing goth music videos and where to buy leather pants. And... Where they can put a new purple thing in their outfits. Mm -hmm. how to draw like little decorative symbols and or teardrops on your face <laughs> i want to be in that chat good info <laughs> me too desperately <laughs> <sighs> so you know impulsive was not that exciting i don't think we were that entertained but after this we have this moment of like profound entertainment for me where the Miz and Maurice sing a song about the Miz's balls and WrestleMania. This was painful for me. You didn't love it? No. <laughs> Tell me I more. Mean, I love them. Like, they're great. It wasn't that, mm -hmm. but it was just like, I was yes. like, I had like secondhand embarrassment. I think it, like, I just felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then I was like, and then Corey's like, Tune in to WrestleMania musical, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, is there actually going to be some fucking segment where they have to sing? Like, this is terrible. Not everything needs to be a goddamn musical. I blame Buffy the Vampire Slayer for doing one musical episode. Mm -hmm. Because ever since mm -hmm. then, everything's got to have a fucking musical episode. And it sucks. That is how I feel. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed them clowning around for 30 seconds. I don't want to see any more. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I really hate musical episodes. In fact, you know, there have been shows that I really like when the fandom will be like, we need a musical episode. It's like, no, you don't. Fuck off. You don't need that. I like to think that terrible. that's dying down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's always that just small rumble of people who will forever want a musical episode and they get louder sometimes and quieter other times and I just like no let's not do that what if the match that directly followed that singing commercial was a musical episode in which Dominic Mysterio came to the ring with Damian Priest to take on Johnny Gargano with his friend Dexter Loomis but they sang no terrible <laughs> not dexter loomis singing no i don't want dexter loomis to sing he's not supposed to say anything that's what's great about him <laughs> i agree with you i agree with you i have really strong feelings about this <laughs> clearly no i support it and i love that these are your feelings i mean i respect a lot of things about you but this might be number one thank you i really enjoyed when Johnny was called Johnny Garden Gnome by Corey Graves. <laughs> he meant it as an insult. Uh, I know. But I thought it was so cute. Like, he's Johnny Garden Gnome and Candace is a poison pixie and Dexter is the strange little boy who lives in the house outside the garden. I know. Like, they're just, like, charming. Did you notice, like, there was a moment when I was watching the match and Loomis was kind of standing there and I was like, has he moved at all the entire match? <laughs> like, he was just, like, in one position. So still. And then he moved, like, he did kind of move a little bit and moved back and I was like, okay, he is moving. Because I think that would be a hilarious bit where he just stands in one spot, doesn't do anything, just, like, super creepy the whole time. Do you know what he reminds me of? And you're going to make fun of me for this because I'm probably going to get some details wrong. Is it on Doctor Who where there are the statues? If you look at them, they can't move. The weeping angels. And then when you blink, they move. Yes. Yes. That that may be what he is. <laughs> if you blink, he's coming for you with a little axe. <laughs> he's got his hatchet. Oh, my gosh. So creepy. I love him. Could you believe that Dominic got a clean pin on Johnny Gargano? What did you think about that? I, it was noticeable to me. I didn't write it down, but I remembered. I was like kind of surprised. I was like, wow, he kind of did it. (laughs) Amazed. Yeah, I think he's improving. Kind of proud. Yeah. So do you think that they're kind of, you know, he's showing more, he's doing better, because they're getting him ready for life after WrestleMania where, you know, Ray is not going to be around all the time and he's going to have to develop sort of his own thing, be his own dude. I think it could. I hadn't thought about it, but now that you mention it, I think it could go like a couple of directions. Right. So road a he murders his dad at WrestleMania and <laughs> has to like go on this journey of like figuring out his life and what happens next Mm -hmm. road b he starts like a different journey i don't know maybe he and Rhea break up 
and he's got to like really get his shit together and figure it out and maybe he becomes a good guy eventually and then you know because it does seem like I feel like we I think we've said this before where it's like we can't tell if Dominic's just acting like a bad wrestler or if he just is not that great like good at um being a wrestling partner but not Mm -hmm. necessarily good in his own right so i would love to see if like maybe he's gonna end up being a good wrestler maybe someday he'll get back in the family group chat right we can only hope (laughs) so Dominic shared with us that he has a plan because, you know, Ray won't fight him. Ray will not do what he needs to do and beat Dominic to an inch of his life. (laughs) He's going to ask his mom for permission for Ray to fight him at WrestleMania. I I think she's going to I think she's going to allow it. I think she's going to be like, I told him to beat you months ago. I am pleading with you, husband, please end this national nightmare that we have endured. I want to have a good Christmas this year. Like, the entire WWE universe wants Ray to beat up his own child. So, like, let's just go. Let's get it over with. Let's do what we have to do, and I dare say what we should have done a very long time ago. Yeah. I think that's what will happen. I think she's going to be like, do it. I'm very interested to see if they have a moment of like kayfabe story at the Hall of Fame because usually Hall of Fame is like serious special night to talk about accomplishments and remember people who are gone you know so like will they kind of make it the storyline moment I don't know I'm interested I am too I never honest I never watch the Hall of Fame night um Mm -hmm. so I you know much more about how it goes than I do. I'm always interested, but then I like never, never watch it. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, but I think it would be kind of fun if they did. I got in the habit of watching it so I could see Jeff Hardy in a suit. Oh. Yeah. That's a good reason. That's not on the table now, but. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Well, it was worth it while it lasted. <laughs> so. After Dominic outlines his plan to get his dad's balls out of his mom's purse, we come back to the bloodline and Roman has once again exercised the only love language that he knows. He ordered food. (laughs) The jet is full of seafood. (laughs) The jet. (laughs) I am not sure about all this takeout fish. I'm just going to say it. I mean, they were in, like, St. Louis, right? So I feel like they're not going to have, like, really great fresh seafood. I mean, I could be wrong, but any ocean-y seafood's not going to be fresh. So I feel like it's going to be subpar. Maybe that's how he gets them. He's like, ooh, I got you guys a whole plane full of fish. LOL, joke's on them. It's not fresh. Like... I assume the St. Louis catch of the day is a tuna sub from Subway, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's fish sticks. Maybe I just don't know. Yeah. It it doesn't sound appealing, but I felt bad because Solo doesn't get to go to the jet. He doesn't get his sushi and or steak tonight. No mahi mahi for you, Solo. You get to go to work with dad like always. <laughs> uh, I am... Um... I wrote down 
in my notes here, Jay and Jimmy are super dumb and think that they are getting fish and not betrayed. Idiots. I know. They really were just like, jerp. Let's go get fish. Like, nothing to see here. <laughs> Do you think they're just so happy for opportunities not to be with Roman that they're like, oh, yeah, bye. We're going to we're gonna go. We're super hungry. We need our protein out. It could be. It's like when, you know, you don't want to hang out with a parent and they're like, but I'll take you out to dinner. Come on. And you're like willing not to go out to dinner just so you don't have to hang out with them. In this instance, they get away from Roman and they get delicious food. So it's a win-win. It's pretty good. Although I feel like it would be a total power move if none of them actually like seafood of any kind that much, but he just keeps buying it. Or they have like horrible shellfish allergies. <laughs> what if... What if Roman is so unstable and grumpy because he's been eating all this takeout fish and he's just had dysentery for weeks on end? Oh, God. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's why he's sitting all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's weak. He can't stand. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good for a man who's shitting himself to death if that's the case. I know, he looks but... pretty healthy. <laughs> I, just, I just want to put that theory out there. I think I think we can entertain most theories at this point. Except I think we Austin. should do a new. <laughs> I was waiting. I think we should do a new segment called "That's My Austin Theory," in which each week we present an extremely stupid theory that is so stupid it's an Austin theory. I love that idea. I'm gonna work on that. So Jimmy and Jay go to get their mahi mahi, and <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> Edge uh, cuts a promo with his candles, and Edge clearly did not miss the recent uh, twelve ninety five three wick sale at Bath and Body Works. This was so fucking weird to me. Like, I also <laughs> felt kind of embarrassed watching this, which may be sad because I think it was like because for me it came so out of left field. Like, yes. Edge, the good guy, the hero, suddenly being like, "I'm gonna fucking murder you!" Like, it just. Like he also like had a carrion cross vibe during this, and I'm like, what are, yeah. we, what are we trying to cultivate here, Edge? Also, he said, and I missed this when he was. I I missed it during this part. He said, like, I guess he's like calling out the demon. Yes, yes, this was the good part for me. So like, OMG, I hope he brings back the demon. I know we said that last week, but like that will be so exciting. If the cost of getting the demon in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania is this weird Frisia-scented promo that Edge had to cut on Monday night, I am willing to pay that cost. Like, the, Fine. Po the power went out. The power went out at his house, and, like, he mm -hmm. just lit a bunch of candles and, like, well, I guess we'll go with what we got. He had, like, a whole other plan. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> it really was so out of... It came out of nowhere. Just imagine he's like pitching this promo to dad and he's like, okay, so imagine we're back in the late 90s, eh? And I'm in the brood still. I'm dark. I'm a little evil. I could be a vampire. And dad is like, why the, Why on earth would we do that? He's like, I already bought the candles. <laughs> We've got to do it. He like hasn't told Beth because he's afraid that she'll think it's really stupid. 
I mean, do you think she'd be gentle and be like, yeah, honey, you know, I, I think I see a picture coming together. I just, I'm not sure I get it. Or do you think she'd be like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. I think she would try to be supportive and maybe offer mm-hmm. an alternate option where he might still be able to use his candles. <laughs> but like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It was an interesting moment. I'm excited for Edge to be some sort of feral man at WrestleMania. <laughs> He's going to actually like chew on Finn Balor. He's going to try to like eat his flesh. It will be like in Roadhouse where Dalton fights that one guy in the pond and like rips his throat out. Oh my God. <laughs> That's where Edge is headed. It's so completely insane. How do you just rip someone's throat out? Oh my God. Um, Dalton is a man of violence who chose peace. And the sooner you accept that, the happier you're going to be. The 80s were a hell of a decade. If that does happen, though, then Finn will have to take on the part of that guy and tell Edge that he used to fuck guys like him in prison. So, I mean, if we're going to go roadhouse on this, I think we should go full roadhouse. I totally... That's so... Good Lord, I didn't... I don't remember that. You know what? Someday we're going to get together some kind of bonus episode where we watch Roadhouse. It's such a weird-ass movie. It is. I love it. It's like one of my comfort movies. I'm in. So, um, after this, Rhea Ripley comes out to tell us a little more about how she feels about Charlotte and how she wants Charlotte to join her in the future because three years ago doesn't matter. Do you do you agree that three years ago doesn't matter that we're here in the now? I definitely agree because now I don't think I saw them wrestle three years. I might have seen them wrestle three years ago, but I don't really remember. It was three years ago. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like Rhea is like a totally different wrestler at this point. Mm-hmm. And like three more years of like kicking serious ass. I feel like she's like, she really is like a different type of wrestler now. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not a wrestler anymore. She's an eradicator. That's it is fair. a completely different vibe. I thought you were going to say she's an arachnid. <laughs> I was like, what? Is that like a she move? has eight legs, 16 <laughs> eyes, and she is covered in small bristly hairs that allow her to feel anything happening in her web. So gross. Um, <laughs> I like that she was like, well, Charlotte's actually really scared of me. And doesn't I like that too. Me. I think. Yeah. I mean, what other angle is she going to take, right? Because Charlotte is bravado, if nothing else. And so mm-hmm. what can bravado mask? It can mask fear. And I, I do. I think it I think it makes a lot of sense, like, for her to present herself as this sort of, like, young, hungry contender who really believes in herself to the point that someone as established as Charlotte is quaking in fear at the prospect of facing her. It's very Rhea Ripley. Yes, I agree. So... Not everyone fears and respects Rhea Ripley. Ding dong. Namely your girl, Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. (laughs) She did the laugh again. Like, (laughs) um, I, I have to say, so of course this turned into a match, which seemed Mm -hmm. kind of weird. And I was kind of annoyed because like, I, I love seeing Bailey and damage control, but I was like, 
why is she wrestling Bailey? Why is she not wrestling Charlotte? Like, why are we doing this? Like, this is so stupid. Like, the first time they're going to fucking wrestle is at WrestleMania. It's like, that's not fun for me. I don't know. I just feel like I need some more, uh, like, suspense built up. I think you're right. I think we haven't considered that Charlotte may be like the Boomtown Rats and that she hates Mondays. So she's not going to show up. That could be it. <laughs> but tell me yeah it, it, <laughs> it felt like a little bit of a swerve and like bringing in becky lita and trish with popcorn which was pretty great yeah that was great but but there was like a lot happening here we were crossing a lot of streams in the segment it, yeah, it was really strange to see those three show up to like help like mm-hmm. i know they were just trying to fuck with damage control but it was just really weird that damage control came out at all in the first place like it's weird that like becky uh sorry bailey has this like other feud happening it's like why is she trying to insert herself in the charlotte rhea feud i mean i know bailey thinks she's like the best right so i get that but it's just kind of like right why this is like a weird distraction let's just i I don't know it felt weird plus i I don't want to see bailey lose a lot. I want to see Bailey have kind of a winning mm-hmm. streak and just be a dominant force of Heeldom. Did you notice Becky's hair? You know, I don't recall. What was up with it? It looked slightly blonder. Oh. Like I'm wondering if she's starting to phase out the red. Maybe she's tired of that ginger lifestyle. Maybe Seth convinced her, like, do some blonde ends like I do. <laughs> Look how great my hair looks, babe. I, I mean, I feel really pretty. And she's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nice. I can't do an Irish accent. <laughs> I, I can't either without sounding like the Lucky Charms leprechaun. <laughs> <sighs> do you, what do you think it would be like if we had sort of a a remix of just Seth laughing and then Bailey laughing? I think that it would stress me out because Seth's laugh gives me the creeps. <laughs> so terrible (laughs) (sighs) like maybe if it's sampled in a song i could handle it but Mm. i mash mashing those two together is not my cup of tea i wish that i could like mix audio because i would totally put that over a sick beat for you if i could 100 percent. i appreciate that i guess i could try (laughs) it in my spare time i do have audacity i have the audacity Mm. and it would take some audacity let me tell you absolutely so you know this happened in the middle of some stuff but i'm gonna front load it we had another movie parody ad for wrestlemania Mm -hmm. in which we saw drew and the brawling brutes parody the 40 year old virgin waxing scene yeah tell me your thoughts about this who was the guy on the table that was ridge holland Big Ridgey. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I like that he kept yelling out uh, like British singers, I think. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yes, that was pretty good. I enjoyed Ed Sheeran a lot. <laughs> um, But I was a little sad that it was all fake chest hair. Like, I think it would have been funny if it had been real chest hair like Steve Carell did in the 40-year-old version. Yes. Like, I think that would have been really funny. But it was it was a funny little little commercial. I feel like they still can't top Seth and Becky's commercial. 
I think that's true. I think they put their best foot forward and now the rest of them are like, oh, this is cute and funny, but not not quite as good. Yeah. But I do enjoy them. I I liked that we had a moment of Drew and Seamus being buddies, even though we're not in a buddy place for them. I know. They're going to find their way back someday. Yeah. I mean, soon they'll be back watching Ridge get his nipples waxed before they know it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So, sort of like around this commercial, you know, we start with Chad, as always, is looking for Otis. This is like <laughs> a boy and his dog. Chad is always like, where is Otis? What is he doing? And uh, Otis has become preoccupied with hand modeling. Mm-hmm. But Chad needs him because he's going to have a match against uh, Ricochet. Yeah, I think Otis called it a hand cure he did, I think, call it a handicure, which I really like. <laughs> it's adorable. I feel, I feel like this makes me sad. Like, are we gonna, are we in for another breakup of friends? I, I don't want them not. to break up, and especially not over something so stupid. Like, if you threw my friendship away over maximum male models, I would be <laughs> devastated. But I've always wanted to be a hand model, haven't I told you? I mean, you have adorably dainty hands, so you could probably do it. <laughs> uh, when did everybody start calling Chad Master Gable? That's been his thing for a while. Okay, I don't like it. No, I don't, especially in the context of Alpha Academy. I No. It's weird. He doesn't know what he's doing, but it's very, very bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. I have a question. Well, I'm not a question. Okay, so like, this... Can I talk about the match? Is that okay? Uh, we don't talk about matches on the show. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm a rebel. It's fine. It's fine for one night. Um, I think the match was really cool. Like, mm-hmm. both fucking awesome wrestlers. And so, like, they did a hell of a match. I've decided, though, like, um, Gable, like, suplexed Ricochet at one point. And, like, I've just decided that, like, there is not a suplex that I feel safe with people doing. Like, no matter who's doing it. Like, I cannot feel okay with someone getting suplexed. I think that's very fair. Like, you... Okay, I really enjoy wrestling. I'm not going to stop watching it. But football takes a lot of flack for how unsafe it is. Mm -hmm. Wrestling is also unsafe. Any suplex, no matter how good you are, could end in tragedy. Absolutely. You just have to... Like, there was a spot with these two as good as they are they were up in the top rope and something got screwed up yeah yeah and nobody got hurt it was okay but it's like if you have two competitors as talented and as athletic as these two and things still go wrong yeah that could happen to anybody at any time i was really sad when maxine took otis away i hated it i I don't want that. No, it was so sad. And I still don't understand what she's doing. Is she just, is she like really invested in Otis or is she just like trying to fuck up Alpha Academy? I mean, I, I feel like there's not enough connective tissue in this storyline for it to make much sense to me. (laughs) That's true. Like Otis is very funny and I appreciate that he's making something kind of dumb, kind of funny. Yeah. But I just don't know where I'm so in the weeds on this. I am too. I felt like when it first started, it seemed like they were trying to build a, like a sinister kind of storyline. Like it seemed like they were like, we're going to break up Alpha Academy. But now it's just like, yes. 
a weird like she seems genuinely interested i don't know they're gonna start a competing faction in which they are no longer maximum male models but omega academy (laughs) omega university (laughs) (laughs) it's a charter school for sure for-profit college (laughs) absolutely did you have anything else about this one that you wanted to share no no i just feel i feel sad for their relationship i do too i want them to stay i want them to triumph over maxine's evil yes so if it's okay with you i am gonna take us into the home stretch it's okay with me where roman Paul Heyman and Solo come to the ring. Mm-hmm. And Cody decides it cannot wait. He is going to acknowledge Roman right the F now. Yeah, he's into it. But perhaps not how he wants to be acknowledged. <laughs> did Cody have on the same jacket in this segment as he did at the beginning? I think so, right? I think so, because... It's like he vacillates wildly between looking like a cool Willy Wonka-inspired fashion dude and a dad who sells used cars. Yeah, like he was wearing his Easter Sunday best. I swear that jacket Uh reminded me of the foil from a Ferrero Rocher candy. (laughs) That's all I could think of. That's so much. I was like, you've pieced together a bunch of rappers, haven't you? It's not it's not the best use of his time, but it is creative. Can we have the oh snap moment of the night? Of course we can. Bring it on. When Cody said his promotion raised wages for like everybody in the locker room. Um we stan a pay equity king on the show? That was amazing. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that. I just learned something and also that's fucking awesome. Good for you, Cody. Good for you i like that it's just out in the open now though that they're not just like well i disappeared for a while and did a thing wink wink nudge nudge i was going to camp in canada um it's pretty (laughs) special i can't talk about it (laughs) we have a girlfriend up there you wouldn't know her she goes to a different school because she's canadian (laughs) obviously um (sighs) so i think the moment like besides the oh snap moment the the moment of this for the i guess for the night because this was kind of a main event situation um was when he said when cody said jay is gonna leave you and I then gasped. jimmy will leave you too and i was like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> right where it hurts right in your ooses i was like i'm so glad someone fucking said it that wasn't you know ko or sammy yes i am um... I mean, obviously, this friendship between Ko and Sammy is super, super important, super driving this. But I love like the three man brohood that they have going on with Cody, and I want more of it. I want Cody up in it. Yeah, maybe they could do a fun like three way match situation against mm-hmm. Usos and Solo. I hope so. I would really like that going into all of this. I would prefer Roman be in that just because I want to see him get beaten up, but. But that's not his jam. I mean, he sits back, he orders the seafood, although I'm pretty sure he makes Paul Heyman do that. And Paul Heyman probably makes someone else do it. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he does. Maybe they make Solo do it, and then Solo acts like he doesn't have to do it, but everybody knows he's the PA. Poor Solo. 
It's not easy. Speaking of poor Solo, dude got kicked in the head. <laughs> he did, which I mean is much worse than having to order some Grubhub when you think about it. I have a question for you about this. Um, okay. Okay. So, so like Cody lands this bomb of like, you're going to be left. Mm-hmm. It seems as though Roman knows it, right? He just kind of like drops the mic and walks away. He's like, fuck this. I don't yeah. want to have this conversation anymore. And then like Cody kicks Solo in the head. Solo goes bonkers and Roman comes back and stops him. Yeah. Do you think this was like a, I want him to be at his best for WrestleMania moment? Or do you think something else was going on? I think it's a couple things. I think mainly it's a power move. Okay. It's like, I don't need Mm. my henchmen to beat you up. Mm -hmm. It's also, I have complete control over them still. They do what I say. Yeah. You know, I think it's a flex is how I interpreted it. Okay. Okay. That seems fair. Maybe... He's like, Solo, save your thumb for WrestleMania, okay? You can only reload it so many times. Exactly. (laughs) So, I have a question for you. Ooh, okay. Did you like when Cody made a little dad joke and said, a Roman with no more reins? (laughs) I think I was like, LOL. I think that's what I said when he made that joke. It's like, that's I groaned, but I loved it. It is very groany. Um, <laughs> there was like a really poignant moment when Cody was saying, you know, like, I'm tired of talking about my dad. Like, yeah, he's not going to show up out here and do anything like my brother is not around. Like, I'm it. So stop, like, making this all about everybody else. It's just like I'm on my own here. And I thought that was really like a, a really good moment and like a really powerful moment. Yeah, I think it's something, I mean, we've talked about, like, when will the specter of Dusty stop looming over mm-hmm. this whole thing? And I, I love that he brought it up that way. I love that he let it show a little that it's painful. Like, you know, he, I'm guessing he would love nothing more than for his dad to be ringside. Yeah. For this. So it's, he's very good at weaving the real life into his wrestling storylines in a yeah. way that feels very genuine. Also, did not know his mom is Cuban. That's so cool. Also, did not know that his mom was a big advocate of kicking Roman Reigns' ass. <laughs> I know. I was like, can we please get Mama Rhodes on here? Like, this would be so much fun. Let's involve her. She can kick yeah, Roman's I, ass. Yeah, I support that. I hope that she is, like, at WrestleMania, kind of, like, hanging over the barricade, just cursing Roman out. I think that would be amazing. I would love that. I just think that's so wonderful. I love that she is yeah. pro fuck Roman Reigns. <laughs> so cute. You know, she's like, Cody, if you can only do one thing in your life. And he's like, I know. Be a good person. Live life to the fullest. She's like, no, fuck him up, honey. Yeah. I love that. That it's was pretty a fun, great. fun trivia tidbit I learned. And that made me happy. I love learning new stuff about wrestlers. No, me too. I was very happy to. You know what? I feel like anything Cody wants to tell me, I'm very interested to hear. I know. I just, I don't know how I never heard this part. Well, because of his dad, right? His dad, like, right. was always the center of attention in the story, so. It was nice. It was. So, is there anything else? Like, I never want to leave this topic. I know. I, I, I'm never done with this aspect of wrestling, <laughs> but... Is there anything else about this before we close this one down? I don't think so. I'm really enjoying... uh, I always say I don't think so, and then I go on. I'm really enjoying that 
this storyline has evolved the way it has. You know, at first mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can buy into this storyline, the whole like Dusty didn't love you storyline. But I think they've kind of sort of let that go and now it's yeah. uh, it's a more interesting story. Um it was interesting to hear Roman just kind of talking to Cody like giving him shit because I feel like so much of what we hear from Roman is either he's like talking to the audience alone or he's backstage like being weird to the bloodline so Mm -hmm. it was just kind of interesting to see him interacting with an opponent because it doesn't happen very often anymore yeah and I I agree with you and I I like that we've moved to a point where Roman has thrown out what he has to really hurt Cody Mm -hmm. to like hit him in the soft parts and now really all they've got left is just acknowledging that they are coming from really different places and this means really different things to them but it's it's really important to both of them it's really meaningful to both of them so yeah. i think it's good storytelling good stuff. i uh you know that's the complimentary part of my letter to dad every week so oh that's nice i'm glad you put some good things in there i like to build them up before i tear them down you start with a compliment and end with a compliment in the middle is where yes. you shit on them. It's a shit sandwich. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us again for Wrestling is for Girls. You can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is wrestlingisforgirls.com. And as we mentioned before, you can always stop by and say hi to us on Twitter at WIFGirlsPod. Have a wonderful week, and remember, you should always tell your friends you love them. They need to hear that just as much, if not more, than how much you need them by your side for an epic journey to vengeance.